Movies and Booze. I'm Moncrief. With Marks and Spencer. On News Talk. Gene Smolin, Chris Wazer, and Serena Bellissima at the studio for this week's edition. Lovely Hello, to see you all. Are you? How are we today? How are you, Tom? It's funny. I, I, it's very. Um, I, I've done this at, at, at times when COVID was still very fresh in our minds, and this is one where there's. It's just. It's a far distant memory now. Thank God, eh? Yeah, it's. Uh, we all come out of this now with COVID. No, <laughs> oh, don't say no, it. I, don't no, say it, it. it is. It's lovely. It's lovely to be back to normal, be normal yeah. again, and um, and even now it's getting cold. Like you know, it's been a very strange October. It was very mild and warm, but today actually feels like autumn for the first time. It's in all ages. very confusing. I don't know whether we're coming and going, Gene. I'll tell you the truth. Yes. <laughs> right. So today we have two lovely wines. Two, and again, speaking of cold, I mean, red wines. People tend to drink yeah. um, more full-bodied red wines when the weather gets uh, colder, when there's an or in the month. Of they say and we've got uh, two we've got um, uh, Ben Marco uh, Argentina's first female winemaker Susanna Bravo um, she well she actually doesn't make that but it's part of um, one of the wines from her stable and then the uh, Gold Star wine, the wine of the year from the National Off Licence Association uh, Star Awards um, uh, uh, Spanish wine from Ribera del Duero the Porsche Fabulous wine. So these are two award-winning wines, two really? Two award-winning wines. God, good yeah, way absolutely. to kick off. Yeah, 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 good yeah, kick yeah. off dry yeah, November, yeah. eh? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, of course, well, for some. For some. For some. You, might, you might be facing one of them to have a And James, is it a big week for movies or... or, or yeah, big Christian? week, I suppose. Big, uh, big week for films featuring Irish stars. Uh, so we're going to be looking at two films, both of which feature... A lot of Irish talent. The first is Fingernails uh, from a guy named Christos Nico. Unusual name. Unusual away. name. And if I tell you if it's a bit of a sci-fi drama, you might think, oh, what's going to happen? It does involve fingernails, but it also involves a machine that tells people whether or not they're in love. So uh, Jesse Buckley and Riz Ahmed are in that. And then the other one is Dance First, which is sort of an angular biopic uh, about Samuel Beckett. And Gabriel Byrne is playing two different versions of Samuel Beckett. So, yeah. A couple of weird ones today, Tom. Samuel Beckett, not a man I know a huge amount about, even though he's... No, and so this film is kind of determined to teach you a little bit more about the man behind the work. Um, His work doesn't actually... We'll get into that. His work doesn't actually feature much or at all in, in, in the film but this is kind of you know teaching you about the relationships that he had while he was writing his masterpiece Very good I, I, I've seen the trailer from it yeah. and I think it looks fantastic so yeah. I hope I, I'm going to judge In the world of, of um, entertainment news and celebrity gossip my God you've a lot going on There's a lot going on <laughs> A um, lot Will we start with the controversial film um, Priscilla I think you should Yeah Because I have to say expectation wise around this it's Sophia Capella, isn't it? She's yeah. One of, I, I like her stuff. Her stuff is really, really good. Yeah. And look, last year we had, um, oh my gosh, help me. We had Elvis. Baz, Baz Luhrmann. That's, yeah. I, couldn't, I couldn't think of the legendary director. I was just saying director. Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> we had uh, Baz Luhrmann's Elvis and yeah. Elvis was portrayed great yeah, in that. And I remember watching it going, I remember there was a TV miniseries. Did you ever get Elvis and Me here in Ireland, the miniseries? It doesn't ring the bell. The Jonathan Rhys Myers one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we did, yeah. It was based on Priscilla's books. And I remember watching it going, oh, my gosh, Elvis does not come off in a really good light here. I couldn't believe that Priscilla was on this press tour of Elvis going, yeah, no, he's this great man. I'm like, this isn't the book that you wrote. Well, the book that she wrote, Elvis and Me, is now being... Uh, made by Sofia Coppola. It premiered at the Venice Film Festival. It got ra- like rave reviews. The star of uh, the the actress who plays Priscilla won a, a, an award for her portrayal yeah. of Priscilla. The thing is, before Lisa Marie passed, she got in contact with Sofia and said, "What are you doing? 
Why are you writing this? Why are you dragging my dad's name through the mud? She was never happy with this. She wasn't happy with her mother actually going ahead with this. And I, what's really upset me about this is these letters are obviously really confidential. An insider has leaked this stuff. Like, why is this stuff being leaked? The movie doesn't need this okay. press. Can we leave? Um, Lisa Marie isn't here to defend herself or talk about why she wrote those letters, but these have come out to say that uh, Lisa Marie was never happy with this. She feels that, you know, the biggest thing about this is Priscilla was 14 when Elvis met her. This lies at the heart of the issue, all right, um, and he was 24. He was 24. Now, Priscilla has said there was no sexual activity when she was that young. The bits I've seen is like they were almost chaperoned. Yes. It's still odd that a 24-year-old is going out with a 14-year-old, yeah. and I think that's the thing that um, Lisa Marie was really weary about. She was just like, I don't know if people are going to view this in the same way that we view this. And I was just like, mm, I don't know what we're supposed to say to that. What year was they met? Around 58? Was, was it, it early, late 50s, early 60s? Yeah, it was so before he went to the war. Still, I mean, no, still, it was when, while he was um, serving. Yeah, still relatively close to World War Two, isn't it? It's just it's yeah. that kind of era. Yeah. Um, so, it, right. Now, it sounds very shocking when you say it, 14, uh, it, and it is. And, and look, it's... But, but is there a little bit of... There were different times? There's a little bit of that, right? But it's not just that as well, because I haven't seen the film yet. I cannot wait to see the film. It's released in... Um, America this week. Yeah. Chris, does it have a release date here in Ireland? I think it'll be early next year before, before we see it here, yeah. Okay, which is really odd because usually they do release around the same time. Yeah, that's true. But going by what I've seen in the miniseries, Alvis comes across as a real, control, as we know he was, but really controlling and quite abusive. So if that's being shown in Sophia's version of Priscilla, I can understand why um, Lisa Marie probably had her reservations. She's worried. She was worried that her dad's legacy was going to be tarnished. Yeah, it's a brave person, isn't it, to throw rocks against Elvis? Um, is it, yeah, though? Because th this adored. was... Adored. He is adored. But this was the thing, like, you know, back in the 80s or 90s when Elvis and me came out. Yeah. Like, th this book has been sitting there for a while. We know that there was this side of, of Elvis. It's just, it's interesting that it, it's come a year after the success of Elvis, where he was immortal, like idolised. And totally. now we, yeah. and we are now going to see, well, no, he also that was had kind of, It's funny though, isn't it? That was kind of Elvis the entertainer. Yeah. It, you, was, it, was, it was the public face of Elvis, really, wasn't it? We saw bits of him. You saw bits of him and that was, a th but yeah, for me, the whole thing was, well, Priscilla was on this publicity tour when she knew that this yeah. other side of Elvis is now coming out. Right. It might be interesting actually to watch something, Sorry, because you said you saw bits of Elvis in, in film. I think that's all you saw in Baz Luhrmann's film. It yes. was just so choppy. It was just high. Yeah. It, was, it, it was basically just a three-hour montage it, of it, Elvis's career. It you seemed if it wanted to hint of a dark side to Elvis, it showed Elvis in a darkened room. It did, yeah. yeah. And that was yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. And, was, oh, and it was just, the, the journey was a bit bumpy because it was like he was a regular human being at the beginning and then a total space cadet by the end of it. And yeah. you were trying to figure out what exactly went wrong in between. It didn't really, it never really kind of yeah. burrowed below the no, surface. So I'd actually be interested to see what Sophia Coppola, like when she slows things down, what sort of character study that would be. Yeah, and look, if you can't wait until next year that we have to see, see if you yeah. can get your hand on the miniseries or the book is, I'm sure, still available. So I'm sure they're going to re-release that book. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I can't wait. 
Um, so yeah. I can say it sounds fantastic. And I, do, I love her production as well, her, her direction. So. And you do love Elvis. We saw you in Vegas with your Elvis stuff walking around. Oh, you saw that, did you? <laughs> I did see that. <laughs> I would have been doing the same thing I, with you. I, I thought what's, what stay, what lives in, El- in Vegas, Vegas stays or in Vegas something like that. Yeah, yeah. Not on. if you put it on Instagram. <laughs> Nothing safe. Um, just one text. Now, you have to remember Elvis came from the deep south and back then relationships like that were very normal. Mm. Not to be defended, but that's how it was. Jerry Lee Lewis married his cousin who was as young. Yeah. Um, there was now, I, I, not to be defended 100%, but, but I have read where people were explaining about life expectancy, World War II, all these things. It was different times. We are not condoning it, yeah. but we are talking about something that happened in the 50s and yeah. the 60s. Right. I think we need a drink after that. Oh, James, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> where well, are we going to we're first? We're going to start with Argentina first. And we have, this is the 2022 Ben Marco Plata Special Edition Malbec. Now, this is €12. Euro. It's on special offer in Dunn stores. And the offer is going to run until the 1st of January. It's not in all the Dunn stores. It's just in about 30 of them. This is I mean, at this price, this is unbelievable. Susanna Balbo, right? She was the Argentina's first female winemaker and she founded her winery in 1999. And she's won so many awards and accolades in Argentina. Um, but this particular wine, this is part, she, you know, the Susanna Balbo range is widely available in Ireland. In fact, you'll get it in Wines Direct. But this wine is, is it's, it's made by Susanna Balbo's company, but it's actually called Ben Marco. And uh, Eduardo de Popolo is the guy who actually makes this particular wine. And he was named Argentinian Viticulturist of the Year by Tim Atkin last year. Now, Viticulture is somebody who grows the grapes. So this is Malbec. I mean, you can't think of Argentina without thinking of uh, Malbec. It's their most widely cultivated grape variety. Um, I mean, for most people, it's it's a bit like New Zealand. Everybody thinks of Sauvignon Blanc. Well, with Argentina, everybody thinks about Malbec. And, and it's justified because the Malbec that grows here is fantastic. It's, it's a French grape originally. It was, you know, from southwest France, from Cahors. Um, you also find it in Bordeaux. It was at one time used as a blending grape in, in, in Bordeaux. But after phylloxera, which was a disease that infected all the vines in the 19th century, it was never replanted. But in the 19th century, it was brought to Argentina um, by a, a viticulturist and... Um, It found its natural home there. And the reason it did was because of the high altitude. Think of the Andes Mountains, right? The vineyards that this particular uh, wine, the grapes for this wine are grown on are, I'm sorry, I'm still literally feet in its feet, feet in 3,000 feet above sea level, whatever that is in metres, right? Sorry, I'm of an age. No one knows. Never (laughs) like metric, right? So it's about 3,000 feet. And so what happens is because you're so high um, and it's, cool nights and that means the Malbec grape it just it performs so well when grown at these high altitude vineyards and also the the soil and you know all the combinations and factors in Argentina make this grape a rock star in Argentina so um, let's have a look at this Um, a rock star oh no this is a rock star (laughs) absolutely and again at this price it's just stunning value Um, when you smell it like the, th- the thing about Malbec, you get it's lovely kind of dark cherry, hint of chocolate. Um, and then try that. I'm, I'm smelling oh, it. None of us smelled. I was watching a gene right in, big smell. Oh, the rest was a glug, glug. I am. No smell. God, that's the day job. I'm used to doing it. So really what you have is you have acidity, 
lovely soft tannin and gorgeous dark and a hint of chocolate and softness and spice. This, I mean, this will go with anything. You know, if you want to do the beef stew or even pizza, it's a very drinkable wine. And again, at this price, I just think great. That's gorgeous. Great I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Delicious. Really, really so good. Like, so yes. Ben Marco Chocolaty. Plata, Chocolaty. special edition Malbec on offer till the 1st of January in Dunn Stores. Dunn Stores. Yeah. On the way home. On the way home. On the way home. Across the road. 12 euro Malbec. I'm thinking if I if I uh, drink this, my kids' Halloween's treat Halloween treats are not safe because you need the chocolate to go oh, with this. Yeah. I think I'd yeah, be just yeah. downing the chocolate and the wine. Yeah. A lot to take in there. You have your children's treats under lock and key. I know, you, Serena, Serena. I told them they have to have them downstairs I, and I'll I, let have them in their room. I bought the chalky as well for the kids who were calling, and there was a few bags left over, and I. Eat. Uh, <laughs> and you, it's just it's recipe for disaster. You know. for. I finally then it, there was a bag left. I threw it out. <laughs> I just thought no, too hard. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely gorgeous. It really is. Yeah. I have to say the story of the female wine. Yeah, you know, no, no, yeah, Susanna Bobola. Like, yeah, really, she's the a pioneer. You know, winning with a Malbec going around the world and everything. And ended up on her shelves in a twelve euro bottle. Yeah, what more, absolutely. more could you ask for? <laughs> exactly, it's wonderful. Uh, and we've an even bigger one to go to. We're heading towards our first movie and we'll have it for you after this. All right, this is for you. Great. Just fill this out and Duncan will be with you shortly. Thank you. Excuse me, can I ask, is it raining? No, no, they just pumped that through the entire building. Mm. Rain makes people feel romantic. Huh. Yeah, it does. I keep asking them to turn it down. It just makes me need to pee. A little bit of uh, fingernails there, and that was Jesse, the voice of Jesse Buckley. You may have heard at the beginning of that. And uh, Chris, uh, well, all sounds very intriguing, very interesting. Yeah, it's a weird one. Um, definitely, we're in you know um, almost Yorgos Lanthimos sideways territory here. And I say this because Christos Nico, the guy who made it, um, he was sort of a protege of Yorgos Lanthimos. Yorgos Lanthimos being the director who gave us the Lobster, the Favourite, the Killing of a Sacred Deer, and Poor Things, which is on the way. Um, and he's broken out now, and he's making his own films. He made a film a couple of years ago that was just terrific. And it was a major winner at the Virgin Media Dublin International Film Festival called Apples. And it had the the plot. It was unfortunately timed. It was about a pandemic, but and it was released in 2020. But the pandemic in this film actually affected people's minds where people woke up one day or they were riding the bus or they were just in the middle of their workday. And they all of a sudden had amnesia and they remembered nothing about their lives. And they all had to go to these institutes to basically rebuild their lives. Um, what if you forgot your family? What if you forgot your part? What if you just forgot everything about what you liked? Everything. Um, and so he had great fun with that. This one is kind of in the vein of the uh, kind of in the vein of the lobster, where it imagines this. I was going to say future, but it's actually this alternative present, or maybe even the past. Because if you look out for any signs of when this is set, like what sort of technology people are using, there's no mobile phones. There's not. The, we don't really know what sort of computers people are using. It's like this could be any time. Um, but it imagines an America where a machine has been created that determines the suit of a romantic partner and you're thinking to yourself that doesn't sound too far-fetched we have them every day people use their phones they use devices all the time to you know basically see who's perfect for them but this is this big microwave computer thing that can only be used properly if the it's if the people using it uh, part with their fingernails so now, the, yeah. when, you, when you say part with your fingernails there you're not uh, talking about clippings no they're not they're, it's the whole nail Tom um, so the the whole nail has to be pulled you can decide you get to decide which of your ten digits 
Right. Um, is going to be, you know, it's quite under, painful for under a, a general. Um, no, 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 no. It's 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 straight in. It's just you know. Oh, let, let's, joke. Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's the way that's it is. That's how they used to torture people. The, it, it, that, and there is a very clever line in this film where it's like, you know, we're not testing love. We're, we're actually torturing people here. But uh, two people, if they want to know if they're, you know, 100% compatible, they each have a fingernail removed after a series of questions. The questions don't really make any sense after, you know, you do this. They're put into this microwave thing. They, you know, they're cooked for a minute and then the computer screen says 100%, 50%. 100% means they're in love. They're, yeah. they're going to last forever. 50% means one person's in love and 0% means go away and find someone else. Right. So Anna is the Jesse Buckley character. She has had this test with her character, with her with her boyfriend, Brian, played by Jeremy Allen White. He is the chef, of course, from The Bear. Yeah. Um, and they got 100%. But we're watching their relationship and we're thinking it's gone very stale. You know, he is certainly not trying. Um, there, There's just no spark between them. And so she isn't sure if this test... Um, you know, it was sort of the be all and end all. She thinks there has to be more to it, but she doesn't want to push her boyfriend to do it again. So she's out of work. She's a teacher. She she needs to find a new job, and she sees that there's an opening at this love institute, and she decides to secretly take the job so she can learn as much as she can about how romance is supposed to work. And you know, along the way, maybe kind of pick up a few kind of uh, things that might improve her relationship. The last thing she expects to find when she's there is new love. All right. She falls for a colleague. He's he's played by um. Riz Ahmed, wonderful actor. His name is Amir, and the feeling is mutual. The both of them begin to fall for one another, but the problem is that they're both in relationships where they both know that they found the one. So chaos ensues. Right. So the whole system that that is all based on is falling apart in front of their eyes. It's falling apart in front of their eyes. You had your nails pulled out, and 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 you're still wounded. Yeah, that's the thing. There's posters. There's posters in the offices. It's the attention to detail here, and also this is one of those sci-fi dramas that where it's 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 heavy on the drama. You yeah. know, in, in terms of the sci-fi element, it explains just as much as it needs to explain. And it just doesn't it doesn't hit you over the head with this is how the machine works. This is what year again, what year it's set in. It's all about the, the human drama. Um, but there's some wonderful little quirks. You know, there's posters in the background of the offices saying, you know, no more uncertainty, no more divorce, no more kind of wondering. It's like you will find your partner if you part with your fingernails. Um, but it's just fun to watch people walk around telling them, yeah, I found my I found the one and we're so much in love. And, you know. They're like, no, I'm not happy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's uh, as a drama, it works very well. Can I get my results checked? <laughs> uh, yeah, <it's- laughs> it puts you a slant on the hanging on by your fingernails. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, they're hanging on by their fingernails. <laughs> it's actually it is, and I mentioned the Yorgos Lanthimos and, and the Lobster. It is very much in that vein. It's probably less absurd. It's a bit more sentimental. Yeah. Uh, some people might find it a bit slow. Uh, I, I should say one criticism. This sounds like a big one, but I don't really mind that much. It doesn't really have much of an end ending when it okay. fi- it's one of those films that when it finished i thought oh that's oh we're, we're done um but again it's it's like real life it's like well look we're dealing with some very human problems here yeah. and sometimes there isn't a result to everything but the performances are brilliant uh jesse buckley and riz ahmed work very well together jesse buckley at this point you know she has made a couple of just maybe a couple of thinkers but she's always the best she's always watching yeah um, she's brilliant in it. We also have Luke Wilson as the the founder of this love institute, so it's quite a cool role for him. Uh, Annie Murphy from Schitt's Creek is in there too. Uh, wonderful cast, wonderful filmmaker, great ideas, most of them well executed. You mentioned the lobster. The, yeah. The, 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 um, I found that film very unsatisfying. I think is the only word I can use to describe it. Which part? The whole thing. <laughs> and, um, 
It was one of those films where I watched it, uh, having read the reviews and yeah. afterwards it was kind of sorry I'd, I'd watched it. I'm on board. I'm on board with Yorgos Lanthimos' Sideways World. You have to, I think in the first five minutes of watching one of his films, you, you, you have to decide, is this going to be yeah. for me? Um, after watching The Lobster, I could never look at it. Is it Joel's Restaurant? Uh, I, I could never look at that place the same way again. Yeah. Remember the ending? <laughs> We, do, do, do you remember the ending? No. It's pretty horrendous and it takes place in that restaurant. Um, so every time I pass it now, it's just... that restaurant? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, I used to go there at my mum. Yeah. 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 You never saw it. Okay. No, I never saw that. That's all I think about when I drive by. Yeah, so yeah, either you get, you're going to get that film or you're not. Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah. This, I, again, this one takes some getting used to. Um, you know, don't... Seems go- much more charming. It is quite charming, yes, and it is quite sentimental at times. And yeah, it's a little bit of a slow burner, but I loved it. I thought it looked terrific. I thought the the, the humour in it is fantastic. At one stage, part of some of the tests before they get their fingernails pulled is is people are, let's say, because a couple goes to this institute, uh, one of their tests to see if they're in love before the fingernails is that they'll be blindfolded and they'll have to try and find their partner in the room by smelling them. That's actually quite a funny scene. Another is that they go to a cinema and watch a U Grant marathon and they <laughs> pretend to set the Love Institute, this sounds horrendous, pretends to set the cinema on fire to see whether or not the person grabs their loved one before running out uh, so there's an awful lot like the humour in it is just terrific uh, yeah, yeah check it out very good fingernails in selected cinemas in selected cinemas and on Apple TV Plus. on Apple straight away oh, yeah. very good um, just to go to you again Serena if you could and if you mind me jumping forward slightly in your stories to you go want? to um, the one and only Britney Spears yes I'm just because we, we had one world that you mightn't understand which is Elvis's world from mm-hmm. the 50s there's nothing about Britney's world that I understand. So no, you know. and the way that the, her her own people yeah. have treated her has been terrible. Yeah. Um, look, this has been everywhere lately. Was it just last week that she released? A lot's happened yes. in a week. She's yeah, it's released, only a week, and it's only yeah. one point five million. Yeah, at, uh, yeah. Uh, it didn't become the fastest selling memoir, though. A lot of fans were hoping it would surpass uh, Harry's Spare, but Harry's Spare is still the fastest selling memoir um, this year. So it has to. I say there's a lot of secondhand copies of Spare going around at the moment. A lot of Spare copies. You yeah, know. yeah. Sorry, I'm so yeah, sorry. Yeah. Do you know actually the way? And I wonder if they take this into account as well when they say you know there's sales and stuff. I don't know how it works, but you know how you can get the audio books. Yeah. I don't want to buy the book. I want to buy the audio book. Is there going to be an audio book? There is an audio book. Michelle uh, Williams is actually <laughs> narrating it, and she's supposed to be brilliant. There's there's a a thing. Um, a piece that's doing the rounds of social media where you see Michelle Williams imitating Justin Timberlake. And I am going to buy the audiobook just for that <laughs> so I can just play that on repeat. But the reason why we're talking about this is nothing has been confirmed, but Deadline.com has said that there's interest in turning the memoir into a TV series. So how it's going to be done, who does it, we don't know. But there, of course, when something is this popular, mm. everyone else goes, how... Like Britney's yeah. whole career, how can we make more money off her? So I'm hoping that if it does go ahead, that Britney is, I can't see her not being involved in this. Sure. There are a lot of documentaries that we have seen about Britney. They have never involved Britney, though. So it would be good to see her perspective on Absolutely. this. And would how it would be nice done. for her to narrate it, I have to be honest. Yeah. I, I, yeah, but I don't know if she could have put herself through that angst again. It's one thing to write it and then to have to sit there for hours and read Has your read words. It? Yes, I don't no. know. No, I, I have a copy. I got a. I brought a copy home from outside. Looking oh, forward to it. Have you? Well, it's I, slim enough. If if you don't want to read it, you can do what I do, and I haven't even listened to the audio book yet. There's a um, podcast called Celebrity Memoir Book Club. So I listen to that podcast that have read the book, and then they tell me what they've thought about the book. 
it's like that's something cheese. I do. I do. What I do, question asking time and time again is where is Brittany in all this? It's very hard to get a sense of is Brittany now a well-adjusted person who's been through this, or is there an awful lot more going on? There's, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't think you could use well adjusted um, because there's just a lot going on for Brit. How does anyone come out of what she yeah. has faced well adjusted? Like the people you are supposed to trust, your mother and your father, who are supposed to have your best interests, yeah. don't. Um, it, it's very hard to be trusting. You, you know, thank goodness her fans came together. We know all about the conservatorship, that that's gone. But yeah, she's yeah. she's out there on there's her so own. So many little and, stories in her. That remember. Point which says at last I was able to eat chocolate again. To be an adult who's not allowed to eat chocolate, it was oh, horrible. Holy moly! She was. She was just. This is the problem when you become, you don't become a person anymore. You are the person making the money. So they're thinking yeah. of you as a money making machine. And right, speaking of money making machines, yes. but a well adjusted, legendary Dolly Parton. <laughs> Dolly Parton has been through the same world and yet seems to have just spat it out. Because she didn't start as a child, though. Okay. So I think that's the real difference. Like, yeah. the, the decisions she made, she made for herself. She's 77. Like, I can't believe she's that old. Apparently she's been asked to do the Super Bowl a number of times. And Dolly Parton, in true Dolly Parton fashion, she said no to a lot of things. She said no the first time she was asked to do the Hollywood um, Hall of Fame. Yeah. She said no to that. She said no to the Super Bowl. She said no to Elvis Presley recording I Will Always Love You. But now she has, I cannot wait for this, rock album coming out on the yes. 17th of November. And she said, you know what? If they ask me now, I feel like I can probably put on a show for the Super Bowl that the Super Bowl deserves. So we know she's not doing it next year because there's Usher doing it next year. But he's hoping I oh. would watch that for Dolly All day Parton. long. Yeah. All day long. I, I have her, her album from her headline set at Glastonbury. I have that. She was brilliant at Glastonbury, wasn't yeah, she? sensational. Yeah. And do you want an interesting little Dolly tip that I came across? And Reba McIntyre was doing an album with her. Yeah. And Reba could only contact her by fax. Wonderful. Uh, Dolly, really? love in, that. Yeah. In 2023, could only be contacted by fax. She is brilliant. She is That's, amazing. How yeah. was Usher doing the Super Bowl with Dolly Parton's not doing the Super Bowl? Well, I suppose she didn't have this album out. Um, and you yeah. know that Dolly is um, Miley Cyrus's godmother. We all know that at this stage, yeah? I don't know. I'm just trying is. to work that out in my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Yeah, she's, yeah, and that's why she's doing um, Wrecking Ball as well. And she's done. She oh, did yes. the Christmas special with Miley last year. If you haven't seen that, it's worth watching that too. On I've YouTube. heard that it's really good. It's so good. Yes, excellent. Um, brilliant stuff. Dolly Parton says no. Brilliant. Should be a t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll have a quick break, and we'll have our second one and our second film after this. You're very welcome back. It's Tom Dunn standing in for Sean today and uh, 53106 for your text. That'll cost 30 cents. We've had one cracker of a wine already, but I can tell from the little faces going around in the studio just now. <laughs> that the- <laughs> took a little sip and she went, ooh. <laughs> that God. has to be the review of the century. <laughs> it's so good. It is lovely. So yeah, th- yeah, this yeah. is now a, a genuine award winner, this isn't is it? An, yeah, this is the National Office. Every year, this is their 23rd year. They run Run this Gold Star Award and um, they pick about 50 wines. They're exclusive to the independent off licenses and they sell them in the run-up to Christmas. And, you know, in fact, they sell them all year round. But they have like you can buy them in Christmas packaging. And, you know, they they all have these very distinctive star labels on the bottle. So that's how you know um, that they, they are the winner. But they always pick a wine of the year every year. And this one is the wine of the year this year. It's the 2019 Porsche Crianza. 
and it's 18 euro. And I mean, look, this comes from Ribera del Duero, which is a place I absolutely adore. I've been there quite a few times. Um, it's probably one of Spain's um, best regions for red wine. I mean, everyone would argue Rioja is, but I actually think I love Ribera del Duero. I remember us visiting there and the head of the Conseco, which is the 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 you know, the, the wine kind of authority uh, described Ribera as nine months of winter and three months of hell, right? Because <laughs> it's cold in the winter, but it's really hot in the summer. All right. And basically what you have is high altitude. You're again, like um, Argentina, you're, yeah. it's very, very high up. The Dora River is there. Um, it's a, it's an amazing, amazing place. Um, I've visited there four or five times in, you know, in, in the course of my career in the wine trade. And every time I go there, I find yet another wine that I absolutely adore. Tempranillo is the key red, red grape variety here, which they call by the pseudonym Tintapage or Tinta del Toro. Um, it's, you know, Really, really good quality red wine. Spain's most famous wine, Vega Sicilia, which is like the most iconic red wine ever to come out of Spain. And that goes back to the 1920s, is is made in Vega Sicilia. I'm oh, sorry, is made in Ribera del Duero. Okay. So the, you're talking, this, this is quality red wine. Um, Pingus, which is another iconic cult wine from um, the, the, the region. It, so many of Spain's great wines are made in this particular region. Now, the Porsche... The family who, the, 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 the company who, um, make this are, is Faustino. That's owned by the company okay. who make Faustino, right? So they've got a very good track record and the winery is unbelievable. Norman Foster's, um, architectural, uh, practice designed it. So it's absolutely, it's out there in terms of it's got this, you know, very modern futuristic winery. So, um, I mean, look, this, this, I'll read you the notes from the, what happens is, a whole group of people who work in the independent off-license, all of whom have diploma, um, taste over 600 wines. And then the final wines are tasted by a panel of uh, press uh, jurors, which I'm in this, Leslie's in it. There's, you know, a, quite a few kind of um, of the wine press then taste the final wines just as the final arbiter and decide which one gets voted wine of the year. So the tasting notes for this one, which was one of, it wasn't us as a judge, this is one of the uh, Nofla member judges said, ruby red in colour with a hint of garnet, lively juicy fruits, an inviting nose of vanilla and black fruits with good structure, soft tannin and length. This is a tasting note. I mean, this is when you're yeah. tasting wine. These are the sort of notes you have to make. And they said, Best in show, easy to see why this is the overall winning wine, superb. And you could sum it up in one word, and that was Serena's That's word. All they need ooh. is Serena's reaction. <laughs> That's what they need. That needs to go viral. This is an ooh wine. <laughs> yeah, it's and gorgeous. So lovely, make sure lovely. you put Chris, it in somebody's Christmas delicious. stocking in the run up to Christmas. A second delicious from <laughs> yeah. Chris there. <laughs> yeah, so Porsche Crianza, Beautiful. independent off-license. And license. that is uh, 18 euro. 18 euro, 18 euro yeah. independent off-license. That's absolutely two great ones today, Jamie. Like, now we're going to see if we have Porsche Crianza, I'd, I'd imagine. Uh, maybe a case even. Or maybe a Dom Perignon in this instance. <laughs> ah, yeah, right, it is time for our second film. Um, Dance First, is that what Dance First, yeah. Dance First, yeah. This is a clip from it. Do you really think that's going to help? No. Do you? If anything, it might make things worse. I'm still going to do it. Hmm. So who are the candidates for this money? Whose forgiveness do you need the most? No, I'm 
spoiled for choice. You know this is going to be a journey to your shame. Isn't everything? So then, we shall begin with Mother. How could we not? Could have been a contender. (laughs) (laughs) So that's Gabriel Bourne. It is, yeah. Yeah, not as Serena says Marlon Brando. (laughs) (laughs) I really wish I found that in my notes. Go on. It's two Samuel Beckett's having a chat with each other and it's at the very beginning of the film. And it's weird because I spent the whole time watching this thing wondering what Samuel Beckett would make of a biopic about his life. And I think that setup he would be quite impressed but uh, he he would be quite impressed by because we're we're introduced to Gabriel Burr and Samuel Beckett at the nineteen sixty-nine Nobel Prize Award ceremony. And famously when he was called Samuel Beckett to say that he was going to be, he was going to receive the Nobel Prize for Literature, his partner Suzanne turned to him and said, "Kill catastrophe! Like what? What a catastrophe!" <laughs> but in this one, we have James Marsh imagining that it was Samuel who said that in the audience, right before walking up on stage, snapping, you know, the 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 uh, the check out of. Um, out of the Nobel Prize chap's hands and then scaling the walls of the theatre and ending up in a cave, sort of a cave-like the- uh, uh, attic space where he meets his conscience. And he's waving around the check very slowly, as Samuel Beckett would do, and saying, what are we going to do with this? And what are we going to spend? Who are we going to give it to? I don't want it. And his conscience basically helps him decide what they will do with the money by revisiting the hardest chapters of his life. Right. And also the most interesting chapters of his life. So that brings us back in this really icy monochrome, like most of the film is in black and white. That brings us back to the beginning of Samuel Beckett, the creation of Samuel Beckett and the relationship he had with his mom, May, which was terrible. The relationship he had with his father which was a whole lot better um, Fiona O'Shea plays him um, in the uh, in the flashbacks brilliantly uh, I should add um, when he was old enough to you know to leave his his, his home in, in Dublin behind and move to Paris where he essentially started stalking James Joyce uh, portrayed by Aidan Gillen uh, you can probably imagine how that performance turns out uh, then, that's an odd choice is uh, it, it is but James Joyce is um, he's done an awful lot of I think he's done some some Joyce work before not on okay. I don't think on screen but he yeah. um I think I remember seeing a one man uh version of the dead um I think in Smock Alley Theatre that, that was Aidan Gillen oh. uh, but here we actually have him doing this you know uh, cartoonish in a way James Joyce imp- imp- impression um, we, we see that we see him uh, uh, his time with the French Resistance we see him after his work has been published it goes all the way through his life it's, it, it's weird that talking about most film, people won't know any of this they won't no um, but it's weird you, you will learn a lot about Beckett's life in yeah. this film and there were points where I thought it sounds oh, like it's a very colourful life it, it, it does but you, you, you don't ever learn about why he was such a great writer yeah. or, or what how actually, can you though I know there has to be some sort of way and what's disappointing though because I would, I'm, I'm a Beckett fan I'm a, Beckett, I'm a fan of Beckett's work yeah. but there were points in this where you know I was being educated and I didn't know much about you know his relationship with Suzanne and if it's the way it was depicted here it was at times quite unhappy um, or, or certainly one-sided because uh, towards the, uh, in the in the second half of his career um, he had this um, open affair I say open affair like his, 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 wife, his partner knew that he was having an affair with a critic that went on for decades and she had to accommodate that um, so that was that was news to me um, but it doesn't there's there's barely any Beckett work in here and there's kind of no questioning why people responded so well to this mm. work or why he was you know an absurdist why he was a modernist why he his his plays sounded and looked the way they did I would like I would just like to know a little bit more about that sure and I kind of came away with more questions as well because it it, it 
all the stuff that I that that I that I described there, they're flashes. Sure, you know, it's it's quite choppy. We'll we'll, we'll fast forward, you know, five, ten, yeah. maybe even twenty years, sure. and I'm kind of wondering what happened in between. Yeah. So I had more questions than, than okay. I had. Coming is it in. a dramatic story? It is, yeah, but it actually feels at times where it 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 might have belonged better on a stage. James Marsh, the fellow who makes it, you know, he is a film director. He made the theory of everything, had a huge success with that. Um, he, I, he, I just think this might have been better on stage, and that's probably down to Neil Forsythe's script. Sometimes it's a little too talky, it's a little too stagey yeah. in the dialogue. You know, the characters never really speak to one another like real human beings speak to one another. But I suppose that was Beckett all over. Um, but I should say the performances are great. I stuck with them. I got comfortable with it because of the performances. I thought Fiona O'Shea uh, was very good. The two, you know, the double uh, Byrne and Beckett show, that's very good. If the rest of the film was was as experimental as that framing yeah. device, I would have had a great time with this. I just think it's a little too ordinary at times. Oh, okay. So certainly worth the watch. It will yeah. teach you a little bit more about Beckett. It might also frustrate you a bit. All right. Dan's first. It was called in cinemas as well. It's, it's uh, in cinemas and then it's going to be on Sky Cinema in about a month's time. Selected cinemas. Um, we have to ask you, Serena, about uh, Scarlett Johansson, if that's all right because yeah. uh, AI is absolutely everywhere as we know and one of the big fears is that it's going to come and take our jobs but you think it's going to take the jobs of the little people you don't think it's going to take the jobs of the Scarlett Johansons of this well, world it's going to take the jobs of everybody and, and that's why I think we all have to be a bit <laughs> worried about what's going on um Basically, do you remember a few, was it at the start of October when Tom Hanks had to come out and go, I'm not marketing any dental thing, that's not me. The same thing has happened to um, Scarlett Johansson, but she's gone and she's taken legal action. So basically there's an AI app called Lisa AI and it's a 90s e-book and avatar and they used her face and they used an old clip yeah. And she's just like, they used 22 seconds. It was up at the end of October. We It's no longer anywhere. Sure. And her people have come out and gone, we're going to, we don't know too much about what's going on, but they've just gone, we're dealing with this the way we deal with everything. We're taking this to court. Sure. And I mean, you have to, you, you don't know how your you face is You have to if you going. have the money to. And that's. If you're a Scarlett Johansson's agent and you have the yeah. money to take those people to court. If you're a voicing job, you know, voiceover mm-hmm. actor. You may not be in a position to do that kind of thing. But, but the, and you're right. But the problem is if they don't take them to court. Yeah. Oh, no, they the every, have to. No, but the everyday person will yeah. be also ripped off in a way yeah. because you're thinking, oh, look, Scarlett Johansson endorses this. And sometimes people do stuff because their idols are doing it. So yeah. it's quite it's quite scary that it's, hap- it's happening really quickly. It's, we woke up one day and it was the future. Yeah. This is what happened. It's just yeah. incredible. It really is. Um, I don't know. Have you messed around the face apps? I wouldn't be. Things? I wouldn't. I, you know, I, I have no interest in it. I, I actually was reading yesterday. I think my my generation, we, we don't. Nobody goes near it. You know. I, and I mean, I write for a living, so yeah. I love writing. So why why would I get somebody else to do well, it? Well, it threw me? up an app uh, on Instagram towards me, okay, and uh, I just downloaded a, a quick version of it. I said put in um, a photograph of uh, it was of my daughter. And then I was able to get her to sing a minute of a song to me, right? Yeah. So it just Whoa. animated her face for a minute or 20 seconds singing a song. I was able to show it to my daughter and say, you don't remember singing that, do you? She's going, no, I don't. Oh, <laughs> that like is that. frightening, actually. The thing is, yeah. those, those things have always been around, but you could always tell that it wasn't the person. Yeah. Now yeah. it's just like, oh no, my gosh, can't. maybe I did do that. Yes. And perimenopause has me forgetting, yeah. you know? <laughs> I feel yeah. like every sci-fi film in history warned us about this. We sleepwalked yeah. into it. Yeah. Like, we, just, we really did. We, we, can't, we can't say we didn't see it coming. Um, Jean, Chris, Serena, thank you all very much. Um, Movies and booze on Moncrief. With Marks and Spencer. On News Talk.